0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of the WP Builds Podcast, entitled Ben Pines Tell Us About the Elementor Page Builder. Part one. We've had a little bit of a break, haven't we? We've had a couple of weeks off, David and I, so we're feeling very refreshed bringing you a brand new set of WordPress related podcasts in the year 2018. This episode was actually published on the 11th of January 2018, and my name is Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley for our usual discussion, which this week is entitled, Is Social Media Good for Web Developers? And you can find out our thoughts on that in a few moments' time. Please feel free to go to the WPBuilds.com website and click on all the buttons underneath the player. That way, you get to share the podcast all over the entire universe, which would be fabulous. What would also be fabulous is if we got lots of I I was going to say I star iTunes five star reviews. That would be lovely, and. um, You know, it just helps us, it keeps us in the loop that we do actually have an audience and people are actually listening to David and I droning on. That would be lovely. The Facebook group is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, forward slash subscribe for the newsletter and forward slash advertise. We don't actually have a sponsor at the moment, so if you're inclined to put your advertising on this podcast, we would be very welcome as it does, in fact, keep the lights on. Also, there's no competition at the moment, so I shan't say much more about that. In fact, I shall just swiftly move on to the news items. Now, the first one is the launch of something. It's the agencytrailblazer.com website, and you would have to have been buried under a rock not to have heard of Lee Jackson. For a start, he's been on this podcast. Secondly, he runs his own podcast podcast, which uh, used to be called WP Innovator and now I believe has changed its name to Trailblazers or Agency Trailblazer. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think that's the name of it. Anyway, he's launching a sort of membership system for people who, like you and I, um, run web development businesses or agencies. And the idea really is if you are becoming a little bit frustrated with your business, If it's stressing you out, and um, you know you've lost you've lost touch with it, and you've lost your way a little bit, well, he has put together a a whole load of tutorials and a whole bunch of very expert people, again, many of whom have been on this uh, podcast, uh, to assist with that. And he's got this six-month roadmap which talks through all of the things that he's going to try to do. But basically, it's to try to get you back to the basics of your agency, redesign the structure of it, decide what products and services you should be offering, and basically just get you back on track. Um, and it's open right now. Now, for the next three or so days, um, you get this founder offer. Um, I'm not sure what the, what the difference between that um, and the offer that's going to come after that three days is. Uh, perhaps he's going to close the doors for a while. Uh, if you reach out to Lee Jackson... I'm sure he'll be able to tell you. But nevertheless, it's going away in three days time uh, in in this current iteration. And I think Lee works his socks off and deserves a massive pat on the back. So I would encourage anybody who's got any problems in their agency, reach out to Lee and see if you can get yourself onto um, the agency trailblazers membership system. That would be great. Okay, moving on very quickly, three items about Gutenberg. This comes from WP Shout. It's a little article basically saying that you know Gutenberg's coming and very important people have got some very important thoughts on it in this case it's Morten Rand Hendrickson who is a very experienced wordpress wordpress professional and in summary he says really for gutenberg to succeed it needs to be number 1 accessible number 2 wordpress itself doesn't change when gutenberg launches and number three, that WordPress 5.0 is treated as a fork of legacy WordPress. Very interesting stuff indeed. Go and have a look at the article and you can click on some links to find out um, where these original thoughts came from. Staying with Gutenberg, frontenberg.tomjin.com. Sorry, tomjn.com. The link is in the show notes has put together an online version of Gutenberg because if you haven't played with it, you jolly well should have done. And so here it is. You just go to the website and there is a Gutenberg instance right there with a Hello World page that you can fiddle with to your heart's content to familiarise yourself with it. And it just keeps getting better and better. Um, Now, if you really want to familiarise yourself with it, Zach Gordon has actually launched a development course all about Gutenberg. The article that I'm linking to is on the WP Tavern website, but then it links directly onto the course. Um, it's $49 if you use the coupon code Early Adopter, which I presume is a WP Tavern thing, um, usually $79. And to be honest with you, for $49, if somebody can explain to you the, the ins and outs of Gutenberg and get you over having to read hundreds of things and spend hours Um, bashing your head against the wall when it finally does come around, um, that would be worthwhile. So there you go. There's a little bit of a a plug for Zach Gordon, who's a very experienced WordPress teaching professional. Um, And finally, Doc Pop is on the Talk website, and he is predicting things for 2018 and obviously he's predicting that Gutenberg is going to be um, a thing he's hoping that it won't break um, things that have happened in the past he's also predicting that we'll be able to schedule alterations to posts and pages rather like we do with the customizer I think that's a really great idea if we could make a change to a particular post, just a post, and then schedule just that little minor alteration. That really, really would be very cool. Um, Tide, he's saying, which is this way of um, moderating and judging the quality of uh, plugins in the repository. He thinks that's going to be a real big thing. And also, and I'm going to read this, he says, but the real game changer is going to be when Google launches its mobile-first index, which is expected later this year supposedly this won't affect google's ranking algorithm but i think most sites won't take that risk many designers have already been working on responsive design that should work with for both mobile and web but i think that in 2018 we're going to it's going to be the year that many sites will design primarily for mobile with desktop being a secondary concern very contentious but very interesting indeed what are your thoughts put them in the WP Builds Facebook group or underneath this post on the WPBuilds.com website. Right, enough of me jabbering on. It's time for me and David to discuss is social media good for web designers? I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, today's topic is is social media good or bad for web designers? And do you know what? I was thinking back. When we had Paul Lacey on, this is many weeks ago, talking about community. Yes. And we really talked a lot about how fabulous um, Facebook groups were for us and how we've established so many friendships. And I'll be honest, Nathan, I'm starting to feel a little bit the opposite at the moment. I'm Mm. feeling like I've got too much Facebook in my life. Yeah. Uh,
0: I guess I I agree in, in many ways. What I've noticed is that there's probably this is probably a normal human psychology thing isn't it you know you get you get really into something um and then perhaps the you get too into it and you end up devoting a lot of your time um and in your case i guess you probably um have been answering questions so frequently um that it's become customary to see you answering questions and so it's become your habit and then at some point I, i'm i'm speaking for you here you've probably turned around and thought boy I'm spending a lot of my productive time doing this
1: yeah I don't know what it is it's a strange thing I realized that I've got a slight addiction to it because it gave me so many rewards I mean we wouldn't be doing this podcast we met yeah exactly yep and and um, you know doing my videos getting the support there being fabulous I've learned so much off people all the stuff that we said before but I've got to the point where I feel like oh um, I'm repeating myself. If I go and answer some questions, I'm really getting into debates, which I really didn't need to waste my time on. But mm. also, the, I find I'm start, starting to get a little bit depressing as well now.
0: What um, do you mean by as- that?
1: It, what Just the the regularity of answering the same thing over and over again? Yeah, I think so. And maybe some topics are uh, about, you know, when you're trying to, I think for me, I was still was quite new or developing the business. So I think, you know, here's the good thing, I think, for the social media. If you've got people to talk to while you're still thinking through a lot of your thoughts about your business, it's great to get some ideas. And, um, you know, but now when I feel a lot more settled, um I've got less patience, I guess, for people who don't agree with me. <laughs> right. Oh, you've become so an old, old right winger. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to set up my own page, I think, for just call <laughs> people who agree with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many members? One member.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. I, I'll
0: be a member, Dave. <laughs> Two members, that's it. <laughs>
1: No. But do you know what I mean? Sometimes you go through some of the same stuff. I'm not really. I mean, I I enjoy still listening to the conversations that go on. But maybe when you've been in certain topics a few times, you start to become less patient uh, with them. And I've definitely noticed that.
0: Yeah, I also think that there comes a point where the, the habit has become so regular. Like, take an example that the, the, this this is the sort of stuff that I could find myself e- easily doing on a given day um so i 've got a load of work that I need to be getting on with and i'll I'll boot up the computer and open all the apps that I need open and then you know Chrome gets booted and uh Facebook might mm. find itself on the screen fairly quickly after that a, and i 'll often go through the little mm. notification setting um and reply to the things that are pertinent. For me to reply to, and then of course you you end up just sort of in a group. In in my case, WP builds and Beaver Builder and mm. so on, and and I end up looking for things to do in there, rather than waiting until something reaches out to me. Sometimes, and I think maybe that's my mistake. Sometimes, you know, I literally troll through threads uh, in order yes. to try and find one that I can reply to, um, and m- maybe that's maybe that's getting a little too much. You know, I need to rain that in a little bit and and respond to you know put put new content out there and respond to to things that people have written to me but it, it it's it's a judgement call isn't it it's about where do you see where do you see good internet citizenship and how much of your own time can you devote to that stuff because I would love it if I had a if I had a revenue stream that didn't depend on doing any actual work, then I would happily spend eight hours a day on Facebook replying to everything yes. and anything. But I have to at some point say, I've got to shut you down. Um, yeah. And I think Dave Foy, I think it was Dave Foy, I think. It might have been you actually, Dave, I can't remember, put me onto this tool called Facebook Purify, um oh. and and the, the intention yeah. i think that strips out ads um mm. but i what i was kind of hoping for was something that maybe stripped out half of what was shown to me
1: <laughs> but <Because, laughs> well, you're in a different position because you are running two groups at the moment yes. so you do need to be there yes. and um so yeah i can understand what you're doing i, I- uh, slightly, I mean, I should be in the WP builds group there, but I am less in there, so apologies for anybody who doesn't see me so much. You see, but you see but, what we're on about it, here, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's you know Jim Galliano, who we had on as well, he did a, his own podcast episode where he was talking about um, Facebook groups and about how. Up to a certain level, a certain number, they they were quite useful more than they were when they grew to sort of ten thousand as they were because you would yeah. you would get those you would get those first bonds with the first people who were passionate about a particular subject, and you would make those connections, and they were more useful than as the groups grew bigger. I don't know if there's anything in that. I don't know if that's what I'm finding. No,
0: I think that's absolutely true. Actually, I'm a member of several Facebook groups, which are the membership is 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 stalled at in in like a dozen or two dozen mm. or something like that and they're really nice because you actually know the people over time and there's not a mm. huge mass of posts that you need to reply to and so whenever i see a post in that particular group i know that there's probably something there that i would like to read i don't always comment i'm not the most commenty person in those groups if you know what i mean but um i mm. do i do read pretty much all of them excuse me mm but I I do I, I absolutely do need to um pare back my use of social media. Um but I think some people use it really effectively. I mean in the mm-hmm. WP build, builds group I I often post like um little app sumo deals. I'll post a little maybe a, an article that I thought well, that I thought was thought provoking so it might be about oh i can't remember the last one i put in to be honest but it's something that i read that made me think oh that that's worthy of sharing um uh, but that's about it whereas there are other people on the internet who who you know really do do very well out of facebook you know it promotes them it allows them to to grow their brand and their business so it's a it's a difficult one and i guess i guess you, you if if you approach facebook as as if it's a business tool then it must it must work because people use it um but if you're approaching it as oh i'll just go in there and answer a few questions and interact and what have you then that that also works but that seems to be a bit more of a bit more of a time suck if you're just using yeah. it for social reasons so i guess a good balance would be yeah. you know pose questions um reply to questions but try to limit the amount of minutes each day that you spend doing all of that stuff
1: Yes, yeah. i've seen uh someone else saying about how they were going to limit their time to one set time of the day where they were going and that would be it i mean i did try that when i was trying to cut down actually and um i just got into an argument with myself about it because i wanted to go <laughs> in other times <laughs> and i thought that's not going to work <laughs> but i uh, weaning myself what do you do The the Twitters, Nathan, do you do that? No,
0: never. I mean, actually, I do have a Twitter account, but the only thing I do Mm. with it is I automatically post. I I don't know if you've noticed, but when the the WP Builds podcast comes out, there's an automated um, Mm. post which goes into our Facebook group, WP Builds Facebook group, and it just literally has the featured image and the excerpt. and so that that's automated, and then I go in and will happily reply to that. Um, and I do the same for um, Twitter. There's a WP Builds Twitter handle, and all I use that for is to um, is to post mm. the, the 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 new um, the new podcast episode. I don't think I've ever opened it up. So if anybody would I get an email from Twitter to say somebody's sent you a an you know like an at um, at WP Builds would they send me a th- an email? Because I'm sorry if anybody has actually done that. Um, And I haven't bothered to reply. It's simply because I don't use it.
1: Well, I think it should, and I, I do see some action on my Twitter account, but I'm the same. I'm just really posting stuff. I'm terrible. I should be banned. But I did notice that somebody <laughs> sent me a private message. And it, it was months ago, and they were asking me a really serious question. They they wanted to pay me some money as well to help them on a the project, and uh, I just didn't know about it for months. Oh, and wow. It's so embarrassing. Oh, well, yeah. maybe if
0: somebody could send send an at Build Twitter message, I'd be interested to know if it would come through. Um, yeah. Yeah yeah that would be fascinating but no i think i've just decided that facebook for me is where it's at i realize that twitter is brilliant and loads of people have great success with it i um i just like the more closed nature of the facebook groups i've completely stopped using facebook to interact with my friends that i know in the real world i I just don't use it for that I began using Facebook, when, you know, whenever it came out and it became popular. I wasn't one of the really, really early adopters. And I began using it simply as a tool to interact with my friends, my real-world friends. And then I got fed up of seeing my real-world friends' really <laughs> um, ordinary stuff because that's what we yes. were all doing, me included. You know, so you people were working out how to use it, weren't they? And they were posting pictures of their meals and posting pictures of their children doing you know fun stuff yes. and that's all great but it, it it wasn't something that i was willing to use and then i discovered that i think the first group that i ever joined was the beaver builder group and all of a sudden it became well this is much more useful this is this is facebook at its best and then because yes. of my use of that all of my friends' posts, I guess Facebook's algorithm spots that what you're up to and how often you're in yeah. a particular group, all of, my, um, all of my feed became about Beaver Builder and WordPress. And so it is now. If I open up Facebook now, I don't, none of my friends' stuff features, which is a bit sad, I suppose. But at the same time, that's really where I want to, to be with Facebook. I want it to give me stuff about WordPress and, and web development, and, and that's what I get.
1: Yes, and that's true for me. Actually, maybe one of the things that have turned me off a little bit, apart from my own addiction and wasting too much time, is is the fact that somehow I think that algorithms picked up on, on related things with social, uh, to, not social media, but um, digital marketing. So mm. I get a lot of these, um, you know, win proposal type advertising yes. or uh, yes. how to make so much money uh type advertising which is uh, you know doesn't really it's not something i'm interested in
0: no i guess you've just got to put up with the good and the bad haven't you you know mm. it, it's an advertising platform at the, at the end of the day um dressed up as a as a ben, as a benevolent social media platform you know you are the product so they've got to give you a load of adverts i think they try their best to make them fit um and marketing it's probably about as close t- to me as, <laughs> as anybody's willing to spend money on, um, you know. But I do get yes. I do get hosting companies and things. Their adverts come in, and obviously stuff that you've clicked on, and they track it all with a pixel. Um, that stuff comes through mm. as well. But yeah, I I I've, I don't use any of the new stuff. So all of these things come along. Um, so I've got Twitter, but I don't really use it for it for its intended mm. purpose. I use Facebook, but I've never. I've never touched things like Instagram mm. or whatever what no. else is there? There's loads. Um, Snapchat and yeah. WhatsApp and I I suppose yeah. I'm stretching it a bit. But but what I do find myself doing is I sign up for all these things so that I can get at least have an account with some recognizable um username as opposed to waiting and then discovering that every single permutation of your name has long since gone i do that and then do nothing with them which is probably a bit naughty it's like domain squatting i should i shouldn't do it but i do
1: yes i do slack's another one where you know i because well beaver builder again with that one i mean Mm. it sounds like a great place to hang out and i went there first but as it happens everybody's talking in american time so i'm it's not the right time for me and it's a, it's really live chat isn't it yeah there's something about the slack interface
0: now i'm going to be shot down for this because mm. because i know that everybody loves it i mean everybody absolutely loves it except me um and i just can't mm. i can't follow things on it my head can't get around the the completely ongoing nature of it you know i could be wrong in this but my when i've used it you know, you open up the channel, and then it's just a big, long screed, and it goes on forever and ever. Whereas Facebook, you get little compartmentalized bits. You know, you get a question here, and then you get another post. and another. So it's all about these little posts, and I can follow that much more readily. It's basically because my brain isn't good enough. So that's kind of why <laughs> I think I don't use Slack. But my understanding is it's it's brilliant. You know, it's a fantastic communication tool, especially for, for teams. But there again, I don't have a team, so...
1: I think – yeah, I think this is the thing. You can often join in. I think there's a lot of people who use them for teams so you can talk to developers because mm. they mm. seem to like Slack. But I'll tell you what I can't bear is the fact that if you're in a Facebook group and you, you know there's Tom Smith in your Facebook group and you go over to Slack – and Tom Smith's over there but it's called weeble 123 or something <laughs> and you've no idea because everybody on Slack seems to have some strange name yeah you can't do that on Facebook yeah yeah now at some point so that, uh, i guess sorry i was going
0: to say at some point the perfect platform for me will come along at the moment that platform is is Facebook but um but uh, you know i'm quite happy to bin Facebook if something better comes along i guess where where Facebook is is brilliant is just every single person is on it um i mean they must be approaching a goodly percentage of the earth's population so you know that everybody's on there so that's kind of why it it's my default that the one that i use because i know that people will actually actually hear it but you have no control over what people are hearing and what's coming up in their feed i've often wondered that with my um like wp builds posts which like i say are, are sort of automated um i wonder if anybody actually even sees them and how many because we've got 940 mm-hmm. odd people in the group but for some of those people they'll they'll not not really be ever engaging you know they joined and they didn't find any benefit but they didn't leave they just didn't didn't interact i wonder if my stuff ever ever percolates mm-hmm. into their feed probably not
1: Mm, yeah, I've often wondered about that. Certainly, the groups get they grow up and they and they don't have many active members. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I wonder um, what the sort of the ratio. I don't know why is. people join them so yeah. readily.
0: Well, we we get quite a lot of sign ups yeah. to the Facebook group, the WP Builds Facebook group, and and very often I don't know, if if you've never done this before, if you have a group, when somebody and it's a closed group, when somebody joins, the administrator um, has to has to provide permission, to sort of say yes, you can join the group. And you can set questions and things so that you can weed people out, to, you know, robots, if you like, who are joining just to provide spam. And very often the number of groups that people are in, r- real people, and you know they're real because there's, you know, mm-hmm. you, you go into their profile and have a look around. You, you can tell they're real. Um, and sometimes they're in thousands of groups. So they must, I mean, yes. they must literally yes. join a group every couple of days. And their their feed must be really difficult to follow i'm a member of i'm probably a member of about 20 groups some of which i should probably leave because i don't use them but their stuff never filters in so i really yeah. only get information from about four different groups in my feed and that 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 works for me that i think that's why i'm addicted to it because it's so yeah. good it's like an echo chamber you know it's so good at throwing stuff in front of me that i <laughs> am actually interested in
1: yes yeah, that's it. I think my problem with it at the moment—it's not really a problem. I think it's it's fabulous. I still learn some great stuff, and I did in the beginning. I think my problem is, and I think I think any new web designers are it, it, it could end up sticking in those groups, getting information. Of, you know, particularly when we talk about tools, we're always talking about tools and what you could use. You could end up not getting on with the business that you intended to set up just because you can never stop learning on yeah. these groups.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the best the best use for for me if I could discipline myself to it. Uh so the question that we started out with is social media good or bad for web designers. My take is well and it must be because I do it is I think it's good. Um but I would say, you know, get yourself in a group that you like and you resonate with and where people are behaving nicely to one another. Um I would recommend the Beaver Builder group and the WP Builds groups because I, I know them to be uh, friendly and informative. And then d- do better than I do at, at allocating um, the time of day. So that may be that you give yourself a small amount in the morning and a small amount in the afternoon or one big blob once every couple of days or something like that. Um, but resist the temptations. But if yep. you're somebody solo like me, who's got no boss there's no man telling me what to do um i i could i could and i'm sure i have wasted massive chunks of days doing this um and there's nobody saying get off facebook you know you're on our dollar so just be be disciplined <laughs> with it um and i know actually that, that this is a wide enough problem that there are app developers um who've built mac apps and probably windows apps and maybe even chrome extensions to to disable the ability to get onto things like Facebook and Twitter. Um, so if you can't be disciplined enough, you can have this app be disciplined for you. <laughs> I've always sort of thought those are a bit pointless because I would just go in and amend the settings such that it didn't disable anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's your take? I think it's good. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I still think it's very good. I think it's been brilliant for me. I would just be I'm quite interested. I guess the reason I'm asking this is because I found a lot of new friends who got excited about these Facebook groups at about the same time and I just wondered if other people have felt they let it get or they got carried away with it or mm. let it take over as I've felt I had recently.
0: Yeah. I think everything becomes stale at some point, doesn't it? It's very rare that you mm. find something that you always enjoy as much as the day that you discovered it. So I guess that's to be expected. Right, are we um are we done with that one? Shall we move on to the interview? Yes. Okay. Right. Thank you. That was a lovely little discussion. So we'll we'll head on over now to this week's interview. Hello there and welcome to this episode of the WP Builds Podcast. I'm very excited today because we have all the way from Israel we have Ben Pines, who I'm sure you've heard of. Hello Ben Hello, everyone. Hi, Nathan. Yeah, lovely to have you on the line. Um, Ben is uh, very much behind a project which you will have heard of, I've no doubt, um, because he's responsible. uh, We're going to find out how responsible for the Elementor (laughs) page builder, which is a plugin for WordPress, which has gained enormous traction, uh, certainly over the last year so um yeah Ben just to kick us off how did you how did you sort of get into tech and WordPress in particular
2: well I was fortunate enough to get into this uh, this project it happened all pretty uh, it was pretty much a coincidence because I've, I've I started uh, in in this interest, industry as an SEO manager you know in a small company yeah uh, and then I, uh, for a few years, I had my uh, own business, like affiliate programs, and uh, ran my own websites. Uh, and pretty much I, I fell in love with WordPress, and uh, my, my whole business was uh, was based on, on WordPress uh, websites. And uh, one of the websites that I've built was built using one of uh, Elementor's company, which is Pojo Themes. Uh, so that's how I got to know the um the company and when it came around for um, my renewal of the license they had uh, like this uh, this banner that uh, you know like um, marketing officer wanted <laughs> so uh, it, it, i was it was the perfect timing and everything just clicked so i met them and started working on this wonderful project uh, two years ago and it's been a, a heck of a ride.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Elementor, um, if you tra- trace it back to the first conversations, we're in December 2017 at the minute. About two years ago, it was raised as an idea. Is that about right? Uh,
2: I think it was, yeah, two and a half years ago, it was raised as an idea because the theme company, uh, Poggio, we, uh, we build themes. So, uh, And we noticed that... Uh, we had our own uh, you know, uh, prototype uh, backend builder, but we noticed that users on other platforms like Wix, Squarespace, uh, and, and the rest, they had a great interface for designing uh, websites. And WordPress that had the most users didn't have that. So and that just didn't seem logical. So uh, the entire team worked hard on uh, creating the ultimate solution. Like we had a mission in our mind to create the fastest, the most innovative and most design-oriented solution that had no compromises. Uh, and it all was in the form of a plugin. So we worked hard, released it, and it was uh, we managed to do just what we set out to do, which is uh, nice.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess there might be a small percentage of people listening to this who actually don't know what Element or, or indeed a page builder do. Um, and you've probably explained this a thousand times to people that don't use WordPress who say, what do you do for a living? Would you like to just give us your quick one-minute appraisal of what Elementor actually is?
2: Yeah, I'll explain it in the the newbie style. So basically, every website that you uh, go into, uh, how is it made up? I mean, it's made out of elements that are aligned in some way on the screen. Um, So basically, there are... Two ways that you can uh, build a website. You can position every element uh, exactly where you want it, which is pretty hard because you have to know where to position every element. If you think of a, a, a web page, it contains buttons, contains forms. I mean, if you're not an artist by heart, how can you know exactly how to position it? And here, a, a grid comes in really handy because uh, what a grid does, it it gives you sort of an automatic uh, alignment. So you uh, pre- know, pretty much know that most pages on the internet are aligned in some way. So Elementor is the editor that works in the same kind of grid fashion. So you, you, have, uh, you, you take any page, you dissect it into sections, which are you know, the whole horizontal uh, areas mm. of the, of any web page. So each section you can divide into columns each columns you put which uh, wh- whatever you want you can put the heading or the uh, buttons forms and this way you build your entire website um, you know with with uh, a designer that is easy to use you drag and drop you see the result as you do it uh, yeah. as you do it you, you, you're not in wordpress you used to work on the back end so you had to you either use the short codes or code html and that's that's difficult because you want to position it You want something to look exactly like the vision you had or the prototype that Mm. you drew on a napkin, you know?
0: Yes. Um, I guess the... The, the the metaphor won't be lost on people. You know they'll understand this that you've got a sort of like a menu which floats on the left or on the right or something like that with with options to drag in buttons or text or headings or or more fancy stuff and and you just build the page and as you build it you get a, a visual representation of everything exactly how it'll be um, and and for me this is the future. You know I can't see uh, people. Um, well, there was an awful lot of blowback from WordPress professionals when page builders came around, and a lot of people thought that it wasn't wasn't true WordPress or wasn't the correct way to do things. But I think as time has gone on and things have matured, products like uh, Elementor have become so commonplace that it almost seems like this stuff should be in core, which will which we'll get onto a little bit later with the delays. yeah, and I
2: want to I want to add also that. What I like about this specific solution is that it works both for the, for both uh, sides of the scale. So if you're a professional web designer, you're making money from WordPress, it, it actually improves your, your your workflow because you don't have to, as I said the metaphor before, you don't have to position the cat, so to speak, every time on the exact pixel. Yes. You can align it. And uh, if you're a designer, you're also... You create like I don't know fifty, hundred websites per year, so you don't have to start everything from scratch. Yes. If you have a, a page builder with templates and you, you have your own saved templates, then you can do everything much faster. And that—that's the exact feedback that we get constantly uh, from uh, the professional designer.
0: It also—you sorry, you carry on.
2: And and the other scale on the other side of the scale are the newbies. Newbies can just start off with templates. Uh, and and customize it for their business. So if you think about how they used to work, so they downloaded the theme and then they were pretty much stuck with the theme. And if they added their own photograph of uh, cat uh, therapy, uh, then it messed up their entire site because they, they didn't have the tools to uh, visually manipulate it and change the spacing or make it a bit smaller. Then with a the visual page builder, the newbies get a great tool to they use the template to get the basic structure right and then they customize it uh, you know visually
0: mm. yeah i mean it brings on board a whole load of people doesn't it into in, it, it suddenly enables people who two or three years ago would have found creating something that looks professional would have found that very hard apart from you know going out and buying a theme which suited what they wanted now Uh, complete newbies can um, can grapple with this and build something which looks professional and obviously like you say there's a whole uh, industries probably coming around building templates for page builders yeah Yeah, Um, you know
2: I've I've seen that happen for every industry I mean I remember that uh, when WordPress came out then uh, when I, I was I started working on an SEO company so I remember my boss uh, saying that wordpress no this is for blogs you, you have to use uh, i don't know <laughs> you have to use .Net for websites and that changed because wordpress was so easy to use mm. and then iphone came out and my my dad it was 10 years ago he said that like iphone is nice for games but for kids but uh, a professional needs a uh, how do you what, what's the name uh, um a, a, the, a desktop the, that or? phone no, that phone that uh, with uh, I forget the name. Uh, oh,
0: like a, a, a regular old-fashioned phone with just The, the BlackBerry. Oh, the Blackberry. BlackBerry, yes, with its little keyboard, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it shows so you've forgotten its name. Has <laughs> to have a BlackBerry
2: and look how how fast it changed. Yeah. So the same thing is with page builders. Like people say, yeah, it's nice for for like a, a small landing page or something like that, but it's not okay for a professional website. Well, all this is is just just changing in the the last couple of years and it will change in the that's my small prediction in the next two years uh so that's amazing to be part of 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 that
0: yeah we'll we'll come on to the future in in the future uh, oddly (laughs) um but yeah so if 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 now you've um, you've you've now suddenly enabled complete newbies to uh, build professionally in WordPress, um, and obviously designers and people who are professionals with WordPress are, are using it all the time. Um, web developers, if you like, is there um is there a chosen market that you prefer to cater to? Do you do you market towards um, people who are let's. I don't want to use this word, but less skilled, shall we say, in building websites? Or do you equally spend time, you know, hanging out in places where developers are to ensure that they know that your product exists and and so on? So are are you split or do you cater for both or one exclusively?
2: Yeah, well, we kind of want to target a, a wide range of audiences. So our top audience are web, I would call web professionals or some call them uh, WordPress consultants, people that uh, work and make a living from WordPress. So that's the the, the top audience. But uh, through the year and a half uh, since we launched, we kind of changed focus, so we managed to draw different kinds of audiences. So for marketers, uh, we there, there was a time that we worked on uh, our our forms and integrations and these kind of features, and uh, then we switched uh focus to uh, more web d- d- designer oriented uh, features like shape divider box shadow um and th- those are the features that they utilized it uh, the most mm. and also we take care of uh, the, the the newbie need which is usually templates and uh, the ui making the ui improvements making it more intuitive Uh, So we kind of uh, switch it around. So everybody's happy. Of course, we don't forget about the developer. So Mm. That that's something that we we've done recently is put a lot of focus on developing our API and Expanding the integrations. So it's much easier for people to create for developers to create add-ons and and plugins And uh, it's very important for us uh, right now.
1: Yeah,
0: the um how many people are on the team that you've got working on Elementor? We've grown I mean immensely now it's uh, 20. Oh, something boy. like 20 yeah. yeah. And is that something that <laughs> you oversee? Recruiting. Are you um, in charge of those 20 people or is there somebody somebody higher? Thank on? God no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean uh, it's you know it's departments so we have uh, marketing I'm more in charge of uh, of the marketing we have design we have development and support. So right. these are the basic uh, uh, departments, and uh, yeah, e- each one is is uh,
0: is growing. When you do as, your as little people. sort of sprints, if you like, for um for the next set of features, do do you concentrate on one thing at a time? So um do, do you work on the API for a bit? And then once that's done, right? Everybody, all all the coders, all the developers, right? Now we're going on the the flashy stuff that the marketers are going to use. You know, the the, the spinning graphics and the sliding in CSS transitions and things. Okay, that's done. And then we move. Is that how you work, or have you got like two no, people over no, here and they, two people?
2: No, we, we work on on a few things in in, in parallel. Great. So basically, we we usually have some sort of big uh, uh, project on on uh, you know that takes more time and the smaller releases are done, uh, you know, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now we're working uh, hard on the theme builder and everything that uh, is involved in that. And we already released um, a few widgets that we're sort of setting up also besides the theme builder itself, which I'll talk about in a bit. We're also setting up all the framework around it. So you have all the widgets you need like uh, menus and search, and uh, um, you know everything from author box to comments, all the things you would need to create uh, things beyond your basic page. Uh, so you can uh, you know create your single blog post mm. or your your archive page or header footer. So uh,
0: we will, these all we'll, require we'll, we'll come to that. I think that would be. I think that's going to be a whole section all by itself. <laughs> um, so. You know, if I was somebody that was brand new to building websites and I was casting my eye around and I was looking for options, there is a lot, isn't there? You know, just just in the WordPress space, there's quite a few um, famous page builders all sort of vying for that attention. But then you've got things like Wix and Squarespace, these sort of SaaS products. Can you um, Can you sort of Elucidate what it is that that you think um, sets Elementor apart. What it is that you personally like about it that that people ought to sit up and pay attention when they're when they're thinking about these purchases or getting on board well, of one well, system.
2: Well, that question that you raise is is very deep and uh, and kind of sophisticated because I think that a lot of users that uh, hop on board or don't hop on board on, on WordPress don't necessarily think about page builders. And I think that's something that we're trying to to change. I mean, they don't think, they say, okay, I might uh, just uh, buy a theme or I might uh, just, uh, I don't know, code it myself or I I might go to the competitors like Wix and and Squarespace. Um, And that's a shame because they can get, I I know that they can get uh, a better experience uh, and they're much more likely to complete and to... Uh, further evolve their you know their capabilities of of creating more complex websites which is pretty much the 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 goal if you think about it if Mm. if my goal at first is just I want for my small business create like three page uh, website some the most or even one page website the most basic thing I can because I have zero skills but in time I want to develop my blog and and, uh, maybe acquire some design skills so so first, we uh, before tackling the issue of, of why Elementor, I think it's it's much more important to think about, like, why WordPress? And I think there mm. there's a whole lot of reasons why WordPress. And That's... I think it's definitely the best solution that is now, um, you know, for businesses, especially in the, the kind of world that uh, we, we live in yeah. today. Yeah,
0: I couldn't agree more. I think um, using Word, WordPress is just is so self-evident to me why that's a good idea because of the ecosystem and what have you. But it must be quite difficult trying to, because the history of WordPress is one of blogging and one of themes, you know, over the last five or six, ten years or so it's all been about the theme. And it feels to me as if that's falling away a little bit more. Now the theme is becoming of much more, much secondary importance, if you like, although it is very important. Um, and and so trying to persuade, no, that's the wrong word, trying to educate people that WordPress has these things that Wix and Squarespace has. And not only that, there's a few that you can choose from if you prefer this style or this style or if this one works for you. Then you've got them onto WordPress um, and it can do all of these wonderful things. And then I guess you've got the job of of um, trying to persuade people once, they've, once they're once they using WordPress to use Elementor as opposed to the other page builders. And although I don't really want to get into, you know, the argument of why one's better and what, what you prefer, you must have an opinion on that. So it would be interesting to hear what is it that you think makes um, Elementor such a great product compared so- to the other page builders in WordPress.
2: So when, when we developed Elementor, we had three elements in focus, three uh, focus points, I would say, uh, which is the speed. Everything to be uh, should be fast and instant, and th- that comes down to the design process itself, meaning using the interface. So you drag something and you instantly uh, see it uh, respond, and also it comes down to you know the final page, how it loads when the visitor goes into your site. Um, so speed is, is, is super important design. So we want people to be able to, uh, to customize not only pages that look like, uh, you know, bootstrap <laughs> because you yes. see, we want to give them that edge, that, that, uh, extra stylish look. So we, we put a lot of focus on, on giving that and. This also, I think, is apparent in, in not only in, our, in the product itself, but you know the kind of uh, marketing we do, and we try to make everything as much professional as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 third, uh, the third thing is like uh, having it very uh, intuitive and easy to use. So this is of course important for the newbie, but also for uh the designer that is used to uh, a different tool and we want to onboard them to elementor and start using elementor as their main professional tool so yeah it's interesting uh,
0: the, the the intuitive design for a newbie is probably intuitive and works great isn't it whereas those who've come with previous wordpress experience Um, the developers and what have you, that must be a difficult thing to overcome, you know. No, no, it works this way, but it should work this way. I've always done it this way. No, 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 but this is, you know, you've got to educate these people and and get them working in your way. Um,
2: Yeah, sometimes, uh, and, you know, we also listen to the audience. If Mm. uh, people are persistent enough, then we are convinced. uh, But usually uh, we we think we know uh, best, but we also... Uh, we've done a, a whole lot of changes that were mm-hmm. induced from uh, you know our, our uh, community's mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in terms of speed and design, so you've been going for two years. Are there any? Well, let's take speed first. Are there any sort of moments that you reached where suddenly you you reconfigured something or recoded something, and you, you just had a dramatic epiphany, and it was like, oh boy, there's a there's a moment we've we've suddenly made it twice as fast or three times as fast. Has that happened as you've gone through?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there was we even uh, wrote a release about it and. Uh, there was also a big change in the UI when we came up with uh, version 1.5. So we we changed the whole uh, look of of the interface. Uh, and this usually, you know, when when you start, it's different when you have it on the prototype board and mm-hmm. when you have 300,000 users using it uh, every day. Then you you're bound to come up with a lot more. I mean, it's the best QA in the world, you know. So uh, so we have. Uh, we have an we have an in-house uh, support and i think this is something that is not uh, given in in today's you know um, how do you say outsource yes uh, yes uh, so i think it worked in our advantage because the the, the support people are in constant contact with developers mm. so we know very fast how uh, the changes that we make how they influence and how they affect the actual uh, designer uh, workflow and uh, how they integrate uh, well in in their uh, daily work
0: in terms of design um if you've been around for two years i mean two years is things change in design don't they in two years but Two years is you can kind of start at the cutting edge and in two years you're probably less cutting edge. Are there things that you've dropped, things that you've literally just binned because they suddenly don't look right anymore? Um, and do, do you have sort of design elements which are in in the very near future going to be rolling out in replacement of things? What I'm trying to say is do you, do you have... Um, Aspects of your plugin, you know, the page builder bits that you can drag in. That that you've you've thought actually that looks tired now and that looks old. It needs to be updated to be modern, or or does that just not happen because you break things on on legacy well, sites?
2: Yeah, well, you need to think about um, the things that are permanent and the things that are uh, trendy. Mm. Okay, so trends tend to stay uh, a few years in in the design industry. So we've had the you know gradient. Uh, become a trend uh, when Instagram uh, yep. started uh, using it and yep. uh, they are pretty much remain consistent and, and they're still consistent so maybe in, in five years nobody will it, look uh, hideous and we'll have to have an upgrade to I don't know 3D gradients or something but uh, <laughs> you know I don't know um, but uh, but yeah so most of the um, improvements that we've we, we've included, they uh, still work, but, I mean, we did have, uh, like, uh, I think we had something like five breakpoints for mobile responsive, and we found that it was not as important as uh, we, we we first considered, so okay. now we, we have, I think, uh, three breakpoints, so, you know, like a mobile desktop and uh, uh, and tablet. And that's enough for like yep. most of our users. Yep. And if you need something else, you can always use custom CSS. So that's one uh, one change that I see. But uh, it's less because of of trend and more because of uh, what uh, the user needs. And mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know. Well, I I'll tell you what we'll um, we'll wrap this one up for this week because we're going to split this up into two parts. Um, Ben's going to be with us next week. Um, so what we've done today, I suppose, is have a look at the past of Elementor, uh, the past two years and how it's adapted and changed over that time. And then on next week's episode, we're going to ask Ben more questions about the future and what uh, what is going to be in store. So Ben, much obliged. Thank you for coming on to this week's episode and um, and we'll catch you next week.
2: Thanks. Yeah, see you then.
1: And today's ending fact or term is Web 2.0, which... Uh, is, according to what I've got written here, the second major phase of development of the World Wide Web. So it was a shift from static web pages to dynamic content, as well as social media and user-generated content. And I'll be honest with you, Nathan, um, I kind of started when Web 2.0 was talked about all the time, and I think it's really only over the last few months that I I, I looked back and, and looked up what it really was.
0: It, it kind of, <laughs> Web 2.0 kind of became the nomenclature for um for everything, didn't it? Everything became 2.0, whatever version 2.0, and people were talking about it. And you're right, I was a user of the web at this period, but I wasn't really contributing to making websites at that time. So to me, it, it, it just, it, it happened, but I wasn't a part of it mostly. But it feels to me like it was when websites like oh what was it called there was a website called friends reunited in the uk and suddenly for the first time ever you could actually fill out fields which would then put your stuff onto the web and before that the web had been a a a portal for for looking at other people's stuff and they'd written it in html and you could go and look at it and that was it and it also felt to me like the, the advent of technologies like javascript where suddenly things could happen on a web page which made it feel a bit more like a desktop app um so yes. it, i guess it marked the the end of that it's raw html into something a little bit more complicated where the web could satisfy much more deep um desires of, of web designers i wonder what 3.0 is going to be
1: yeah i've seen some talk about that and um I think one of our ending facts, which we, we may not release yet, <laughs> was a little bit about that big big data kind of stuff, mm. the idea that breaking up more content and reusing content. I think a lot of people have said that's what 3.0 will be, but no one really knows because it kind of comes, we could see it really obvious. Things like WordPress itself mm. is a 2.0 product, isn't it? Yes. Certainly you could, you know, use a... Uh, user-made content and Facebook, of course. Um, But yeah, it's not so obvious, is it, what's new? There's not a big wave. I wonder if
0: it'll be things which old crusty people like me are sort of rejecting. I wonder if it'll be things like artificial intelligence having its way with websites, but also perhaps augmented reality. Um, So rather than it being the web on a computer, it's the web as as a mechanism to get... I don't know, to, to interact with you in some way. It almost feels like things like these wearables are a bit 3.0. Yes. You know, you've got a you've got a watch which is communicated with the internet, but somehow your heart rate is then interacting with an app and giving you feedback about how fit you are and things. So maybe that's where it is. Pure speculation. We haven't a clue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and when you look at it as well, I mean, it's it the late... What was it? When did this start of the internet? Is it kind of 90s? Oh, nine, late, Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I think the internet as a you know as a packet shifting technology with Tim Berners Lee was much much earlier than that. But when when mm-hmm. people started using it, yeah, I would say early 90s, mid 90s. But a widespread adoption was probably unexpected at that point.
1: Yeah, and we've gone to and 2.0 is sort of credited as being at the end of 2000. 4 which mm. i think it's because it was coined in a particular conference but it's a long time isn't it to get to 3.0 we don't know what that looks like well if you remember
0: firefox used to go through versions about every 3 years and now they're on a version about every 6 minutes So maybe that's what we'll get. We'll get Web 3.0 followed about 10 days later by Web 4.0. And then a week (laughs) after that, (laughs) 5.0. So it goes. Right, enough of this gassing on. Let's let's let these good people go and get on with their lives. So we're going to wind up the podcast with some cheesy music. And I'm going to say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. See you next week.
1: And goodbye from me, David Wolsey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.